Welcome everybody, we back. It's the One Against the Grain podcast. I'm your host, Brownie Blizz, along with the beautiful Alicia J, my co-host. She just made a wonderful announcement, letting her follow and know what she's going to be trapped doing for the next 20 years of her life. Sit next <laughs> to me on this podcast, talking about everything under the sun, right? Uh, or what we got going, is that connected? Can we, can we get a verbal contract with you we, on the air right now, Lisa? We can get a verbal contract. If we're sitting here doing this 20 years from now, we are successful as far as I'm concerned. So I'm here for it. That's true. That's true because it's about longevity, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm How really was excited. How was you your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving went a little different than I thought it was going to go. Originally, mm-hmm. I was going to meet my niece uh, down in Disneyland because mm-hmm. um, her her uh, mom's side of the family loves Disneyland. Like they're obsessed. Uh-huh. So they go during Thanksgiving and I was like, let me just go, you know, spend the day with her down there um, at the happiest place on earth or whatever they call it. So the tickets were sold out. Yeah. Completely. I, sold I, out. I literally despise Disneyland. It's kind of ironic that I have on a space jam shirt. I think that has something to do with that. With the whole Disneyland thing. <laughs> I, li- I, I despise the lines. I despise the crowd of people. Um, the rides aren't, the rides never, I never, they never were really fun for me even as a kid. Uh, yeah, one or two. And then they got rid of Captain EO. You remember Captain EO? I do remember. The, the whole Michael Jackson thing. Not too many people remember that, but that was like one of my favorites. They got rid of that. I don't know why, but I hate the idea of Disneyland. I don't know if I hate the idea of Disneyland. I love spending time with my niece in any capacity. So I was just like, whatever's clever. But I must say that last time I went there, which was some years ago, Mm -hmm. and now I heard it's problematic, but I was a Pirates of the Caribbean fan. Like, I liked that ride. Mm. That's one of the later rides, though, right? Yeah. That's that's one of the later rides. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, um, that didn't work out because apparently everyone and their mom wanted to go to Disneyland. But, um, I, so I ended up going to Sacramento to be with my God baby and my friends. And it was amazing. Like it, like, while I would have loved to be with my niece, like I also wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else because it was just such a great Thanksgiving. So your, your great, your great times were just surrounded by family. So no matter where you were, that was going to be a great time. Well, and the food was off the hook, but yes. what, was on, what was on the menu? everything literally um my friend Maisha and her family they all like bring a dish you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying so it was coming from everywhere and I was just so excited that I didn't have to cook any of it and only eat it so Mm -hmm. um but it was good it was really good I'm talking about now me I'm not really a turkey fan I think turkey Mm -hmm. is like very overrated even deep fried even deep fried I'm just not I'm Mm -hmm. I'm more of a like turkey leg girl like I'll I'll just eat a turkey leg all day, but like actually the other parts are just like dry to me no matter what. I don't know. I'm just not really it's just not my favorite meat, I guess. But um we had the honey baked ham, which I was excited about. You know, just everything else, greens. Uh we had the cornbread stuffing was off the hook. 
I could just now say the honey. Now, I, I don't understand the whole honey baked ham phenomenon. To me, what? Uh, to me, you know, everybody stands in line and order and spend time for these uh, specially baked honey baked hams from the honey baked ham store that they charge you forty dollars for, and you get yeah. it. It don't taste no different than a ham you get from Safeway that you put in the oven for thirty okay. minutes and rub the glaze over. Is there a big difference? Brownie, I think you're just trying to make me mad because oh, I'm being serious. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm so listen. It's the honey baked like crust on the ham, and the ham is just like super tender and good. It's not dry, no matter what. Like pork, pork is never dry, Alicia. Poor pig. Look, pork is never dry. When is pork ever dry? No, li- well, I don't. I can't say <laughs> that I can tell you when, but this one never is. Okay, and it's. <laughs> So good. Yes. The price is inflated, but honey baked hams go hard. They do. Right. I can't. I, 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 I don't know. What, 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 what have is a taste test or something. I, like, I know, right? What is the going rate on a honey baked ham anyway? Like I, didn't 90, buy this one. I, I have no idea. I didn't buy it. I just ate it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the was. Oh, shit. Ham is delicious. Did you guys have to add the pineapples to the top of the home? I'm actually allergic to pineapple. That's criminal. I know. It's so... And I developed it, Brownie. I have had pineapple before. I used to eat entire pineapples in one sitting. I loved Mm. pineapple, but as I got older, I just got allergic to it. And, like, it makes my mouth go numb. How do do you go on Caribbean vacations or, like, to Cabo or anything, or Mexico, or anything tropical without without pineapples involved? You just shut up here. You just shed a little yeah. tear. <laughs> <you're moving. laughs> so, so as far as your Thanksgiving gathering, so a lot of people were telling me that uh, it's weird because it felt like families weren't really getting back together anymore like uh, in the past. Uh, everybody thought it was like the pandemic was like a one-time thing where everybody's in their own little cubicles having Thanksgiving dinner. And then uh, they thought it would be back to normal this year. But I was hearing from a lot of people that it was still, everybody was still kind of, separate, wor- uh, worried about the virus and things of that nature. It's always a whole bunch of, uh, the problem is nobody knows how to cook small Thanksgiving dinners. So the problem is you'll have all these, all these different subgroups having, you know, four, four person families having Thanksgiving, but you still got like a, a three, a, a four pound, uh, a pan of macaroni and cheese. You got enough dressing to feed the army and you got, you know, you got the, 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 the fried turkey, the roasted turkey and everything and all that food is just, it's just sitting there. And I don't know about you, but me, one day after eating Thanksgiving dinner is like, it used to be when I was younger, it felt like we could eat on that stuff all week, then make turkey sandwiches. Now I'm kind of done after the first day. Yeah, I mean, I think, I know for me, like, I was forced to eat it because it was like, we have all this food in the fridge, y'all better eat it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but now for as sure. adults, we don't really have to do it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's hard to cook Thanksgiving for just you know, four people. So, and I think a lot of people after last year, mm-hmm. I don't want to say, I don't want to say like let disappointment in, but it, it's just kind of, it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, I'm kind of out of practice with holidays. Yeah, so yeah. I'm out of practice with like dressing a certain way that I used to dress mm-hmm. even. Like, yeah, for sure. I, I went to an event the other night and I was like, how do I even dress for this event? I, I have no idea because I've been in sweats and socks you know chilling at the house uh for a year so it's like or in some change actually more than a year but um yeah I don't know and I I hope we get back to it but 
as of right now, we don't really even know what's going on with the virus. There's like a new variant that I saw some things on today. And it's, I guess a lot of people are still saying better safe than sorry, but I did hear that um, airplane or, you know, air uh, purchases of, of plane tickets and stuff were up. So there is, I think there's a little bit more than we think, but. Um, Your air to airline tickets are what? The, the, uh, not the prices, but uh, the amount of people buying airline tickets ha- has uh-huh. skyrocketed as of recent. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, last I heard, there was like a travel ban going on from uh, African countries or South Africa or something like that. And I think there's a few other places like uh, China and different places that have travel bans set. I don't think there is no cases. I think it's this this new strain. Is, this one sounds crazy. It's, uh, it's like omnivorous rex or something like that. Something super crazy. And so I don't know. I was, I was thinking to myself. Um, right now they're saying there's no cases in the U.S. yet, but then Dr. Fauci came out and said that um, he wouldn't be surprised if they were some cases in the U.S. that we just don't know about yet. So I, I, I'm expecting the stock market is going real trippy. Um, there's something going on overseas right now with China and air and, and fighter jets. So for some reason, all this stuff all happens. It, it never fails. The reports of this stuff all happen simultaneously with other stuff going on. And I'm not the conspiracy theorist, but it's just real convenient that every single time a new strain hits, there's something else major coupled with that, you know, in the news. And also the Dow Jones was down 900 points yes, as of yesterday that made everybody sick because of the, the virus. So yeah, something's going on. You know, I don't know if it's market manipulation. I don't know what's going on, but something's going on. But I guess we just get back to wearing masks again. Yeah. I mean, I personally never stop wearing them. Really? Oh, no, no, no. I But I did increase my travel. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I've been in the house because I haven't. Mm-hmm. I increased my travel, um, but everywhere I go, I definitely still wear a mask everywhere, even if people weren't. I just was in Houston for a birthday trip. All my friends and I go on um, uh-huh. November. We all have November birthdays. Very weird how it all happens like that. But mm-hmm. so we go on November birthday trips and we went to Houston, got an Airbnb out there. But mm-hmm. everywhere we went, like nobody was wearing masks. It was like the weirdest thing for people mm-hmm. from California where we were mandated to wear, you know, wear it everywhere. Yeah. But I just kept it on. We even did a workout class and I worked out the entire time with it on because I do believe that, you know, masks do work um, to help mm-hmm. with not spreading it. So if I can be safe, I'd rather be safe. Um, did, did, did you wear a mask at the Warrior game the other day? I did. And, you, and don't lie, because I actually have receipts and footage of you courtside, feet on the floor, no mask. Now, I know you lying because I, I wasn't courtside. <laughs> I can't make this shit up. <laughs> so you wore you wore your max the whole game until I ate food in the stands, and then I ate food, mm. put it back on. Ate food, put it back on. Mm. Following directions, that's different because I know they enforce it, but or they try to enforce it. But most people ain't wearing. I don't like wearing a mask. I won't lie. I don't, I'm negligent with the mask. But the only thing about masks wearing a mask to me is they just remind me of. The, the the whole full when we were in the meat of the pandemic you know what i mean it just it just sends those reminders and taking the mask off is the only thing that makes me feel normal is it safe probably not but it does make me feel pretty normal when i'm not wearing that thing 
I detest wearing it. I don't like wearing yeah. it. I mean, it makes your whole like, and this is very vain, but it makes my whole skin like around my chin and stuff break out, mask me. For sure. like, thing. And then just like not being able to see people. Um, yeah. Or feel know. energy. Yeah. Yeah. So much of how we communicate, so much of how we communicate is, is um, uh, from eye contact and things like that, facial expression. You know what I mean? So you don't know what. And I don't know, and with all the robberies and stuff going on, I don't want to switch subjects. But all the robberies and stuff going on is making things easy to mask and make this stuff. Uh, it's a it's a criminal's uh, playground right now with being able to wear hoodies and masks naturally. Yeah, but, because you can't really question anyone that comes into the store. You know, you you shouldn't you shouldn't profile uh, anyone that comes into the store with a mask mm -hmm. on. You know, masks yeah. or not, but um, yeah. yeah, it is making it pretty easy to walk in there. Uh, yeah. Anonymous, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing that people are, you know, I didn't know how in the holiday spirit that people would be, and I and like every grocery store probably was. I've been here was sold out of macaroni and cheese and stuff, all that. So people are in the holiday spirit. I'm assuming Christmas is going to be the same with so much um, bad news around us, so much death around us, so much stuff going on in the world. I didn't, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't think that the holidays would actually be, but I think. The holidays are actually um, everybody's excited right now because we've been experiencing so much. So it kind of feels like our first normal holiday season since you know the uh, since the beginning. Is this two years? Are we going on two years now? I believe so. I think it's about. I, I think so. this is. I think it's almost about two Christmas, two pandemic Christmases, and two pandemic Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just so much sadness all through the news every time. I know you saw the news today. Um, I that, did. Came, that came out. What did you think about that? Virgil Abloh. Jesus Christ. I mean, my first thing that I always think of is just like gone too uh -huh. soon, right? And I know that's mm -hmm. so cliche, but uh, I just feel like it's happening so much. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, it's just highlighted by the pandemic or, you know, whatever. It's like, <laughs> no, I, I think we have a lot of death going on around us, like a lot of yeah. untimely deaths. And, um, it's so sad. You know, I, yeah. I feel terrible for, I believe he has two kids um, and a wife. I feel yeah. bad for his family, all of his fans, people that look up to him, just everything. And, yeah. um, you know, another thing that I don't know how to really articulate very well, but the fact that you have to have something like that kind of be a secret, um, that gives me a little sadness too, because not everybody around you, uh, how do I say, not everyone around you can, I guess, say their goodbyes or, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe he just shared it with the important people in his life or the people that he felt needed to know. And that's totally for him and, and he should make that decision. But, you know, it's just like, you're battling it on your own. And, and that makes me sad um, too. Well, I'm sure I'm positive the people closest to him um, uh, knew about it. So I'm sure he was, you know, I'm, I don't necessarily know if he was, I think, I think, I think that comes from not necessarily, you know, the rest of the world can't really help you do it. Right. But other than, you know, social media comes, but I'm sure it's close. I'm sure it's close. Sir. I'm sure he had plenty of support, you know, during that time. And some of it, I think for those of you who don't know who Virgil Abloh is, he's uh, one of the best designers, world renowned designer. Um, he's, he's, uh, from as far as back as I know, he 
got it, like got his start maybe with Kanye. I think working, you know, for Easy Brand and then he branched off, uh, started his own company called Off White. Um, left Easy Brand, went over to did a deal with Louis Vuitton. Eventually, um, recently sold about sixty percent stake of his Off White company, which are which is an excellent brand. I love those sneakers. You know what I mean? I got a ton of them. And he sold that brand to uh, Moet Hennessy, uh, Louis Vuitton. Um, and I think 60% of that, I think he still had about 40% of that. It's kind of funny that he sold that um, in the midst of his battle. So maybe he was trying to get his family set up. He knew something was coming. So I think that probably was the, because um, it seemed like the off-white off brand was something that he like loved dearly. I don't think he was trying to get rid of that brand, but yeah. he did. Um, but I think, too, um, just from being a man, I think naturally, um, Men are men are weird with checkups. Men are weird with sharing uh, things that are going. Um, I, I think some of that also too comes from not one not wanting people to worry, not uh, always feeling like you're in control, not wanting to feel like uh, helpless, not wanting people to feel like your issues are burden burdening people. And I think that's kind of because I know so many guys that you know. I even my, I had an uncle right now battling MLS and uh, MS. I'm sorry, not MLS, MS. Um, multiple sclerosis and it took him years to you know he was going to the doctor for doctor visits and he would come home saying and come back saying oh he had to go get his you know maybe his blood pressure was up or he had to get his hand checked whole time he's battling ms and nobody really knows you know what i mean and i think sometimes it's a mindset of not wanting to uh not wanting people to worry uh you know and and, and just just trying to figure it out you know on your own and then when you're in the mainstream media I don't even know how much that uh, helps um, uh, anything. He could have also been trying to uh, secure like his family. So as far as deals that are in the works, when you make things public, then all of a sudden companies want to back out. And we probably don't know what he was, you know, had what his kind of his thinking was. So I think by no means. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but by no means am I saying that he should have shared it. Yeah. But I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is when you're so public facing and you're going through something that is okay, like going to end yeah. your life. Um, even like I go back and I think of um, Chadwick, right? Um, Chadwick Boseman, like yeah. he was like persecuted for being so thin and everybody was like talk, talking mess, which wasn't right about like what he yeah. looked like, but because he was battling it in, si it in silence, he had to go endure that as well. Because he didn't want to share. So I guess what I'm saying is, is it's like, it's such a big part of your life. And it's something that probably um, dominates it, obviously, if you're battling something that, you know, big or, or uh, something that is such a detriment to you um, yeah. in your life. And, and to not be able to express it because you are trying to set up your family or because it, it just makes me feel like sad because that's a lot to carry. Um, no matter even if, if you're immediate people, it's a lot to carry when you're so public facing is what I'm trying yeah. to say. It's a lot to cover up. It's a lot to, yeah. you know. If, yeah, yeah. if his decision on to not speak about it if, it, if it had to do anything with all of the above of what we were, you know, talking about, which is possible. But yeah. sometimes it also could just be, you know, I just, my life is so public. I just want some, because if you look at Virgil Abloh, he, was, he wasn't a real camera guy. He wasn't a big, um, social uh, media uh, uh, guy to where every time you look, he was kind of 
really low key behind the scenes and he would come out with these little things. So it seems like he was just private, you know, altogether from what we, you know, from what we know, I think, um, um, I think everybody was so, you know, his fans and his followers who love his, uh, his designs and thing and the off white brand. I think everybody was real intrigued to find out more about him, but he didn't really give you, he didn't really give you much. I don't even have no, um, I, I don't even have no a whole lot of interviews that we can, you know, relate to. I think Kanye talked enough for the both of them. You know what I mean? And I don't think it wasn't it wasn't a whole lot there. But That's you true. know, so maybe so you know maybe he just was a could have just been a, um, a a private guy. And then you know you let it out to the public, and you're right, it just kind of distract. You know, he probably was still creating. You know, he can't create and do the things that he wanted if he's distracted by questions about you know, how he's feeling, you know, so whatever the reason was, it, it yeah. is, it is, a, it is um, unfortunate, you know, that, you know, you, you should be able to announce things to people and still be able to protect your privacy and things of that nature, but right. it is, it don't have, it don't happen that yeah. way in the world, in the, in the world. Well, and so, he was so creating he and advancing because the last two mm-hmm. years, I want to say he accepted that, um, the position with, yeah. uh, Louis Vuitton, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, accepted, and that was a, and and that was a monumental um that was a monumental moment. Yep. Um, you know that happened. I know it didn't take, uh, but first let let's just talk about what we know about his legacy. What he's what kind of what he's leaving um uh, behind. I don't know if he was the uh, first, but he was far back as I can remember. I think he was the first. You know, one of the first African Americans to hold one of those type of positions with Louis Vuitton. Um, our listeners could correct me if 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 we wrong on that. Um, for him to leave uh, Yeezy brand on the height of there and everything I've heard, he's been behind. He's been the mind behind a lot of uh, what Yeezy was doing, what Kanye was doing, um, and you can tell by how you know uh, the tension with him leaving. Kanye didn't really want to lose him, and you can tell he's still not over losing uh um him but he created this brand um called off-white and when i first heard about the brand off-white i was i i I thought because he started these collabs with like nike and and converse and different um different shoe uh uh different shoe brands companies mostly nike and they would take like a jordan one sneaker but they would make it like the, the Jordan one off whites. One of the famous ones is the Chicago Reds that they came out with. Um, it's the it's, it's the classic uh, Jordan sneaker. When you look at it, but there's all these little subtle changes that actually make the shoe phenomenal. And I think that one sneaker, the, the Chicago Red, right now is like reselling for like oh well. Prior to him passing, it was probably somewhere around four grand for that sneaker. Um, if you if you wanted to buy it, I think those are the stock X numbers right now. I'm assuming that sneaker is going to be um, uh, even more than that. But what he would do is he would he would take his brand and he would collab with different uh, shoemakers and add his little add his little uh, touch to it. But he also had a, a clothing off white clothing where they made jackets, sweaters, you know, like most uh, companies do. And he all, he had he had this unique approach, and which I thought was dope. It was almost like a less is more, you know, kind of approach. It didn't say off white over anything, but there was always little subtle little touches to where you knew that that came from, you know, uh, Virgil Abloh. And he was always kind of 
you know, ahead of the curve, you know, with, with things. You know, I don't think he's missed yet. I don't think he's dropped anything that didn't um that didn't do exceptionally well, you know. And and so I think for me, that's the main thing he leaves behind. The Louis Vuitton stuff, I never you know, I don't shop at Louis Vuitton. I'm not I'm not in the Louis Vuitton um, arena yet, but um, or regularly enough to know to go in the Louis Vuitton store and, and know what he was doing there. So um, I don't know what he's doing there. But as far as the off-white brand, which is pretty expensive enough, I mean, it's exceptional. Everything he dropped, you know, was a hit. And if he's behind, if he was behind the Yeezy brand, like they say he was, uh, I can see why that that brand, you know, took off to where it, you know, it is now. So those are some of the things he left behind for me. You know what I mean? No sneakers. I have a pair of uh, off-white off-white fives. I forget the other name they, they got for them, but they're like a cream color five. I love I, I love those sneakers. They're like some of the most comfortable. And the more I wear them, the better I think they look. You know, um, I didn't get a chance to get the Chicago Reds. I wanted them, never got them. I passed on them. Um, I had an opportunity to get them at retail, couldn't get them. Then they went on the, the, once they hit the resale market. You talking, you know, it's, the, the numbers just kind of skyrocket from there. So, but he's he's created over the last, you know, three to five years some of the dopest sneakers that um, I think we've seen. And I think so. We're losing the uh, especially if you're a sneakerhead. You know what I mean? If you're mm-hmm. just a in that community, I think you lose. They, they're losing. We're losing a staple. We're losing one of the greats. You know what I mean? So. And I don't know how we gonna. <laughs> he, he definitely is one is one of the greats in that arena. So that's what comes to mind when I think about it. Legacy. How about you? Yeah, definitely the same thing. And I think uh, I was reading earlier today that um, he, you know, obviously built his own brand. Um, he mm-hmm. built his own presence, um, and then oh, wow. Louis Vuitton came calling because they saw yes. um, what he created and what he did and. Um, that's just a testament to, you know, nobody has to uh, approve your calling, right? Yeah. Nobody has to uh, spark it. You can spark it for yourself. And um, he definitely, I would say, <laughs> without a doubt, um, within, I believe he's 41 years old um, at the time of his Way death. too young. Way, Way too, too young, young, but he blazed trails. Um, he made history. Um, he was an amazing family man. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, you know, if I were to pass tomorrow, I would want people to um, say the same things, you know, about me as far as like the person that I was and what I left on this earth and who, I, who I was to people when I was here. Um, yeah. And so yeah. he's gone way too soon, but his legacy literally will live forever. For sure. Does Kanye come out and say anything about it? Does he, does he come out and um, uh, pay his respects publicly? Um, you know, so how, did, how, 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 how would you imagine Kanye West would handle the passing of Virgil Abloh if you had to guess? I mean, he's got to be devastated, right? Yeah. I mean, well. <laughs> uh, and there is no way to say what is right or wrong when you're devastated. It just seems like with Kanye, it just seems like with Kanye, the, the, um, the business relationships affect the person. It, it affects how he personally you know, feel about you. When I was listening to that dream, when I watched the Dream Champs interview, which I think is one of the greatest interviews I've I've ever just actually I've never seen anybody speak so openly and candid um like that. And I, I need and, to rewatch and, it because I'm not even gonna know, lie. I was just so tired and I fell asleep. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> you, gotta, <laughs> you got you gotta re you gotta rewatch that and then I and, and sometimes if you can get 
um, I was able to get past a lot of the um, the hoopla and stuff and actually listen to what Kanye was um, saying. He's actually pretty, he's actually a pretty intelligent dude. You know what I mean? He's actually saying some things that really made a whole lot of sense to me. Um, and, but the one thing I did notice was that whenever he would talk about an artist or a relationship with whether it was uh, uh, whether it was uh, Big Sean or John Legend or Talib Kweli, and he didn't have nothing favorable to say about these people, but it was all the the the, the it all originated from uh, business uh, dealings going bad, and so I was I started to tell, when I think about it from that perspective, I always think like man, it, it he takes. He, he didn't do a really good job of separating the two. He's taking when everybody decides to kind of go do their own thing, he kind of takes it really personal and he kind of bashes him. So I'm one that's why I'm wondering if he'll come out and speak on this Virgil Abloh thing. Right. And I mean, who knows what he will do? But regardless of how he felt about the person when they, you know, passed or whatever there happened in their relationship, you still yeah. feel and miss that person no matter what. I mean, I know I've had um, failed friendships, failed relationships or whatever, but I would hate to hear of their passing. <laughs> like, yeah, I would- Listen, listen, when, 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 uh, when, uh, what is his name? Kevin, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin Williams. Uh, what was Ke- Kate? What's the guy from Omar from The Wire? Oh, Oh my gosh, uh, Michael K. Williams. Michael K. Williams. I'm sorry, no disrespect. Michael K. Williams, when he passed, fifty. Now this is Fifty Cent. When Fifty Cent went on his Instagram and basically basically continued on the narrative of, of, of hate that he had towards him, and I'm I'm positive they were what it sounds like they were friends at one time. So, um, and him dying didn't make no difference on how Fifty Cent felt about what he went through with Michael K, you know, Michael K Williams. He was, ma- he was, he was actually even making jokes about it. That's, the, internally, that's the internally, I feel it's different. You can express it the way you want, but at the end of the day, you still had a moment with them at some point in time that was positive. Yeah. I, I don't uh, know. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that too. Um, you know, I think, I think when, if you got, issues with somebody I think um you don't wish first off you don't wish death on anybody you know things like that and so I think if somebody passes along I think it takes a lot of courage for people to like step up and 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 and, and understand the bigger picture here like and be able to put that aside at least you know and then you look at the flip side some people say before they die they're always like I don't want this part like I don't care I don't want you at my funeral if I you know what I mean with with these people on the flip side even want their respect, you know what I'm saying? Because of how things work. It's really, kind of, kind of real stuff. I mean, yeah, okay. Because I, I have one person <laughs> like that that I could think uh-huh. of. <laughs> like, do you have a list that you can leave of people that you don't want at your funeral? There's one. There's one? T- to piss you off to that point, they must have did some crazy. We won't get into it. <laughs> but, That's a whole nother pod. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm I'm just now getting into. So naturally, Sagittarius is don't hold grudges. Yeah, we naturally we don't hold grudges. You know, from from my well, from my personal experience, 
Um, but I, I, think- I don't hold a grudge, but this person, uh, I'll tell I'll tell you the story. We can we could maybe even talk about it on a pod, but yeah, it because it has to do with death. Actually, let's pa- let me we gonna we gonna we gonna we gonna pause the conversation. We gonna pause uh, for a second and come back right back. We gotta pay some bills. We'll be right back in a second. Yeah, no, I think that's another pod. I think we should because that actually is a topic that I know a lot of people deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to do with family and it has to do with death and what happens when those things collide. Yeah. So I think that's something we'll cover for sure. Yeah. I, and like, and like what we're saying with the whole, um, Sagittarius thing, although we don't hold grudges, um, we carry things still, you know, we carry pieces of, uh, of all these different little experiences. So I think, I, I don't think we, uh, really ever 100% get over everything. We just know how to keep, coexist with it and just move forward. Um, but it's always a piece of it there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. For me, for me at least, but I can co I can coexist. You know, I don't, it, it, it never gets to the point where, and I think some people would, uh, depending on, on what side, what side of the spectrum you're on, some people would consider that, you know, as, 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 as being fake. Cause there's so, so many narratives now going around. If I don't, if I don't, if I don't like you, I'm gonna cut you off. You piss me off. I'm not dealing with you. So many different uh, memes going around from that. But I, I don't. I just necessarily look at it like I don't know if God created all these people if He wanted us to be on the earth by ourselves. You know what I mean? And so um, I, I like when people let me know who they are, and that way I can figure out how to move going forward. You know, I don't necessarily have to isolate because that takes more energy to me. You know, avoiding people takes a lot of energy. Uh, not answering calls, especially when there's people that you've built long relationships with. You know, there's going to be times where you got, you know, they know your kids, they know your family, they know your mom, they know so many different people. And it just takes, all that other stuff just takes um, too much energy, in my opinion. So, And I totally agree. I think if you are in that frame of mind of if somebody makes you mad, if they do this, if they do that, cut them off, then you'll cut everybody off. Because at some, everybody point, <laughs> at some point, everyone's going to make you mad or frustrate you or do something. Yeah. So uh-huh. that is not a healthy way. But I do think that there is a line at which you have to say, okay, this person is not healthy in my life. This person right. actually doesn't deserve space, but it's not at any little thing. You know, I think there's a, yeah. a boundary that you have to have with certain people that, continue to cross something or uh, continue to do things over and over again that are just unhealthy for you and your life. Yeah, That's a different yeah. thing to me. I, I was, I was reading, I was reading a book. Um, well, actually I'm still currently reading a book. It's, it's called uh, post-traumatic slave disorder. And it's a really interesting book. Um, it, 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 it talks about the origin, the origins of things in kind of ways. You know we are, and it made a little it, it made a little vivid uh, um, analogy, and it talked about how um, everything when you talk about the African American community, you talk about um, every everything is so built on relationship, you know, and that's why they gave an analogy of a kid and um, of kids in school how um, you can start to uh, the kid does well on the test, you give him a star, here's a star, here's a sticker. You do well on it. You get another answer right here. Go here's a piece of candy. You know, and that only motivates you know uh, African American children for so long. Compared to 
uh, a, a personal relationship, somebody that actually knows, cares about them, somebody that actually uh, takes the time um, with them. We build these connections that are really based on relationship and that tend to, we tend to respond um, to those things a little bit more. And I think that's a lot of times why the lines are so blurred when it comes to business. Um, and um, especially because in a, a lot of white people in business, they know, they, they, they tend to keep things, you know, it's cutthroat, especially in corporate America. They can probably, a business deal can go bad and they can go have lunch tomorrow and talk about the next one. But with us, everything is so built up on, uh, everything is about relationship and all of our dealing that is typically uh, a little a little bit tougher. I know like being in a, in a barbershop, um, I noticed that uh, if a client decides to go to another barber or if a client, like these things are really taken personal, you know, in these, in, in these, in these areas. So, but the barber don't even realize, hey, look, that's not, this is nothing personal. He made a, a decision based on what was best for him. He's spending his money. That's a, that's a business decision, but it's more, but it's, but the relationship is always, in there you know somehow and i think um i think a lot of our conflict especially when you when you uh fall out with people that you're actually doing business with a lot of our conflict comes from not being able to separate you know separate the two you know in that because the usually if you do business with that's why it's hard for me to do business with family because i know and i've experienced this if the, the business relationship goes bad then i'm going not only going to lose the, the business part, but I'm actually going to lose the personal relationship as well. And it, this took me some time to figure out because I've experienced it. I've experienced it with both of my sisters when they, they opened up a salon um, to, you know, together. They were previously working in my salon and they went over, they went and branched out and then opened their own. And for whatever, every, for whatever reason, the family kind of went haywire at the time. You know, when they were in my salon, I had to, I couldn't necessarily give them the, um, the sister treatment, it was a business. I had a business partner. So a lot of decisions were made, you know, based on that, you know, and so things kind of went haywire from there, but it was a lot of friction between me and the family for about another year following this whole thing. And so ever since then, I said, I would never do business with family again. I would never do business with friends again. Um, cause I don't have a great success rate of doing business with friends or family. And I think it's based on you know, the relationship part of it. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's, these, those are real experiences with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. A long time ago, uh, my mom taught me when it comes to family, especially that, um, I, you don't necessarily work with family, but you can yeah. uplift them. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think there are really like, awesome moments to like uplift your family, maybe even give them money when needed, help start a business or whatever. She also taught me that when you give, don't expect to get it back. Mm -hmm. She taught me that a long time ago too. Um, and so that would just be like with family relationships, right? Like to help people out, give them money when they need it, that kind of thing. Um, I learned that the hard way too, by co-signing on a loan with one of my family members. And yeah. it was like, you know what? Like my mom said, like, you should have, you know, just, kind of assume that you were going to pay for it if you co-signed on it. Like, and it sucks that I had to learn that way, but it's just the truth. And so I learned and, and that, that, and, time ago. And that. And that goes with 
that, that's a perfect that's the perfect analogy for what we're talking about because that goes on either side of that coin, right? Some you borrow somebody borrows some money from you, right? Um, and they don't pay you back. Um, they're upset if you call for it, right? When it's time to pay back, you know, when you 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 you're um. Uh, you're great in their eyes when they're asking if they're the most humble, but then when they need it, when you need it back, it's, you know, that, that what you get in return is a little bit different, but you're, you're scum. If you, you're a piece of shit, if you call them for it. Right. And they upset, but when, but you also have to realize it's still a business transaction. So if I, if I loaned you money without anything protecting my interest, just on a shrimp, then that was poor. That was poor business, you know, on my end. So I shouldn't necessarily even be mad at you. You know what I mean? Because that same person is in that reason. They're asking you money probably because they're the type of person that don't take care of money well. So that was a bad decision on my part. Right. And you shouldn't. And you shouldn't feel away if I want the money back. But either way, why does it affect the personal relationship when that's a that's really still a business? Anytime there's money involved, that's really still a business transaction, right? right? Well, and in this case, this family member wasn't going to be able to go to college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they need, this was like the piece that was going to allow them to go for me to co-sign. And my dad actually asked me if I could do it because he, you know, at the, at that point in time, he just, he couldn't do it himself. And I wasn't going to let my dad down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I wasn't going to let him down. And I'm thinking college uplifting, like, you know, like the scholarship could really help this family member. And like, I mean, not scholarship, the um, diploma could really help to advance, you know, and all of that, uh, this family member. And they totally quit school. <laughs> and And I was still left with all this money that, um, they didn't pay a dime on, but if I didn't pay it back, my credit was going to be ruined. So yeah, I was, yeah, I was taught young, you know, th- things about that, things like that, when it comes to cosign, there'll always be another way. I was taught to never cosign ever for like, anything, not a, not a car, not anything, especially on student loan. I, yeah. was, ne- I was, I was taught to never, uh, because if you're in a position to where you need a co-signer for like loans and things of that nature, it 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 already tell like even for even for college, right? There's so many other ways you can get yourself prepared in advance. You know, for school, like the kids that really take advantage of college, they've been already writing letters and shit probably since the like sixth or seventh grade. You know what I mean? In eighth or ninth grade, they're already they they've researched everything they. They uh they checked all the apps. They've applied for grants, scholarships. They've done everything possibly imaginable. You know what I mean? And I think in that instance, um, even if you didn't co-sign, I think like life would have continued. If he really wanted to go to college, he would have figured out a way to get to college. You right. know what I mean? And and, and, and that's the, he would ahead. have. He would have. Well, or yeah. he just wouldn't have gone. Yeah. But for me. And this is, again, what I learned, because even though my dad had the best of intentions, best of intentions, he just wanted um, this particular family member to go to college and 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 he had the best of intentions. Um, Yeah, it it still was something I shouldn't have done. Right. Um, And. I don't know, it was just that instance was hard for me, but it was a lesson that I learned, so I'll never do it again. 
Like, I theory, truly will not. Because my theory is without that loan, if he was the type that wouldn't have went to college if he didn't get that loan, that was the same person that was actually going into college. Then there, then there would have been another uh, something wall that would have popped up that would have prevented him from fit. You know what I mean? Because the, the ones that really want to go to college, nothing is going to stand in their way. Agreed. You, you know what I mean? And that's that's why. But I, every time, I remember I remember going to my uncle, the same uncle I always talk about. I remember I wanted to, uh, I was probably like 19 years old. Um, I don't. I think I, I don't even think my credit was bad yet. I just didn't have any credit, right? And I wanted, I wanted a pretty cool car. I'm 19. You know what I mean? I wanted something. You know, I've been riding to school in like hand-me-down cars or like cars that I bought with a little bit of nothing. I wanted a pretty cool car. Finally, and I was, I was going. I didn't understand credit. I was going to every car dealership, probably with a couple thousand dollars, and I was getting turned down left and right everywhere I went. Every car I wanted, I was getting turned down. Um, I went to my uncle and I said, hey, would you co-sign for me? It was like, and that's when he explained to me, no, I've never co-signed for you. He's like, there's a certain thing called debt to income ratio that I'm protecting. I'm doing things I would never. Um, and I don't know where, you, you know, I don't know where you're going to be in the next four to five years and what you got going on. I got one rule, never co-sign. He's like, I'd rather loan you some money before I co-sign. I'd rather give it, you know what I mean? But I'm not co-signing. So, right. But what that did was I was a little disappointed. But it made me stronger and I got it made me do my research, my homework, understand the game a little bit more. And I eventually I eventually got, you know, the cool car I wanted, but it was in but it was in the right time. And it was when yeah. I was personally it was when I was ready for it. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and it happened, so it kind of made me stronger. And I think sometimes um, that enables uh, people a lot when we when we you know, when you loan. I had another I had, I had a cousin call me. It was like, hey, cuz I. I need to, um, I'm getting ready to move. I'm living with friends. I'm getting ready to move into an apartment, but I don't have the deposit or the down payment. Can I borrow? And I literally called him and told him, yeah, I'll send it to him. Then I ghosted him, right, after that, because he's he's 24 years old. You know, he hasn't really shown me a why track record. Why did you just tell him no, Brownie? Why didn't you know, just say no and tell him why? I know, I know, you're right. I did this, right? Listen, I did this, right? I didn't, I didn't necessarily ghost him. I sent him a, I sent him a link. To a uh, a place where he could apply for a loan, right? Because ghosting then, is not it, Brownie. No, it's not. Look, I said I know we're gonna talk about that on a whole other episode. No start to that. But listen, I sent him a link where he could apply for a loan, and uh, he uh, he texted me back and said, "Hey, I applied for that loan, but it never came. I I, I wasn't able to get it, right?" And so I said, "Huh." So I think I did. I think I did leave him on red after that, but. I took a, but with him, based on these circumstances, that was me taking a tough love approach. You know what I found out a week later? Oh, he came up with the money and he moved into his apartment and got a new job and everything is happily ever after. You know what I mean? So sometimes um, if you're there for, as a, like, if your heart kicks in and you're there as a crutch for people, sometimes they never learn. But you got to know who you're dealing with. You know what I mean? You're dealing with somebody that has a track record of success and doing things the right way. When you're dealing with somebody that necessarily doesn't, um, and they can't ever get out of their own way. I think you set yourself up, and I think you got at that point you got to stop enabling people. I could be wrong though, but let's not get too far off subject. Let's get back to um, let's finish up on this. Uh, you know, with with paying our respects to Virgil Abloh. Um, definitely, we lost a great one. I, I, I I've been I've been looking online. The internet is going crazy right now. Um, everybody, you know, it, it, it hit everybody as a shock. You know what I mean? They're sending shockwaves through, um, through the internet right now. Um, he's one of those ir- irreplaceable people. Uh, well, he left us with, I know he left me with some, with some great art 
pieces that I'm going to keep, um, you know, for a long time. And so, I, man, this, 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 is, this has been a crazy couple years. Sure has. Yep. It sure has. And I just, it's like every time I, I look at the phone or get an alert, I'm like, what happened now? Like, what, yeah. what is next? Yeah. And, it, and it's crazy because you just don't know what people are going through. You don't, you know, you just, you just don't know. So I think, that, I think we got to keep that in mind consistently, you know, always uh, keep that in mind um, when, when, when we're dealing with human beings that um, you don't know what people are going through. And, and so I know I this is super cliche as well, but like give people their flowers, like always. Man, I've, I've, I've been, I've been trying to practice that um, so much um, so much, uh, lately. And then I got a couple of group chats where I try to not to lead those group chats without, without telling my friends, you know, when you tell guys, I love when you say, I love you to guys. They don't, it's, it's cringy. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of guys don't know how to respond to those type of things, but I just let it be cringy. You know what I mean? I get it out. You know what I mean? I tell my brothers, I love you all the time. You know what I mean? And, and family members, um, you know, my mom, you know, everybody, I try to make sure I get those things out. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, you never, life is just too short. You know what I mean? And we got we to gotta really, uh, like you say, give people their flowers when they can really smell them. Because, at, you know, when they're gone, then we're just smelling them, you know? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, so, But, you know, it, and, that's, and, that's, and that's the thing. Just be gentle, too, when you're dealing with people. And, I, and I've, had, I've had, like, a paradigm shift, you know, and I, and I, I, I practice it on a, on a daily basis. Um, when I'm dealing with things, I try not to, I, I've been able to change the way I see problems a lot of the times now, you know, and it, it has better perspective um, instead of like um, taking it face on what's in front of me. I look at when somebody's doing certain things, I'm able to look at it and say, okay, what kind of trauma are they dealing with? What's going on in their personal life to make that come out? You know what I mean? And when I think of it from that perspective, I don't look at it as that actual person. I look at it as everything that they're dealing with that's causing them to, um, behave and then it kind of it, it kind of calms me down and then I protect my own peace you know I say I'm trying to always be in control of what I have going on and not let anybody get me excited um, and I think that you know that helps so I think people we all need to be a little bit more understanding when we're dealing um, with people not that you have to keep people in your space yeah. but I think it's important to understand that everything it, you know everything originated from somewhere absolutely yeah I mean it's I try to keep that in the forefront too. I'm not saying that it always wins. Um, no, 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 no. It's just I, a daily battle. It's yeah, just a daily battle. I, I try yeah. my hardest to do it too because you never know, like you said, what someone is going through, what they're battling. Um, never. So yeah, yeah. So look, so man, look, so we're gonna we're gonna end the show on that note. Um, big rest in peace to Virgil Abloh. Mm-hmm. Um, prayers to his family and friends. Um, we lost a great one. Um, everybody hold on to them off-whites. We should have an off-white day on social media where everybody posts the off-white. Mm. You know, post, post, post one of their sneakers. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know what I mean? That'd be dope. We get get that thing started. You know what I mean? That'd be that'd be that'd be fresh. But and pay our respects that way. But it's it's art. Art. That's that's the best part about art. Art lives forever. You know what I mean? Absolutely does. Yep. Yep. So, hey, this brownie blends, Alicia J. Until next time, it's One Against the Grain podcast. We out. See you soon.